Life is all about stories. We learn from them, we create our own. Life is one big story, and everyone we meet and everything we touch, eat, see, hear, or otherwise observe and experience has a story too. This earth, life itself, is a myriad of stories, and all are interwoven in one way or another. You're listening to An Organic Conversation, your show on everything that makes life worth living. This is the third part of our Mother's Day special, a series of episodes throughout the month of May dedicated to mothers, mothers in all their facets, and the lessons we can learn from them. I'm Helge Helberg. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. Today we are talking about the power of stories, stories told by her mother that would inspire a young woman to create a business around storytelling. But first, as always, here's our week's review. Well, do you know, Helga, have you ever been the kind of person when you see 11.11 on your clock, whether it's in the morning or the evening, you make a wish? Do you do that in Germany? No. No? It's a big thing here that if you see 11.11 on the clock, it's like a really potent time to make a wish and you focus and you just keep repeating the wish until it turns to 11.12. Well, anyway, the point is that, you know, one of my favorite blogs is Forever Conscious. And they had an article recently that was about the meaning of seeing number sequences over and over again being a message that you are in sync with the universe, you're in sync with your plan. And so I, I remember this 11-11, and I really, I really do love these kinds of things, these things that are, are a connection with the divine. I love numerology. And, and um, one of the authors of this topic called Angel Numbers, Doreen Virtue, who's just a wonderful divination-type writer, she has a whole website that talks about what the value is of these numbers. And it's drawing on how numbers inherently have their own meaning, each number, just like in numerology. And when you see them in sequences, it's some kind of a combination of the different meanings of each number. And that's a message from the angels. Well, there's power in, you know, see, I know more people got married or wanted to get married on 11-11-2011 than any other day, or my birthday is 5-5. Five, five. So there is a, a certain draw when I see that, you know, 33, 33, whatever it may be. Um, I don't know if that's just easier for for the mind to observe or more interesting because the graphic is the same. It's You know, you're seeing the same symbol and number in this case again. But I, you know, anything really that gets us consciousness is wonderful, that, that gets us to a more mindful place. So... If that works for you, I'll pay more attention to that in the future. Um. I think you should. And I agree with you. I think it's a way to call yourself into the present moment because sometimes it's not one number that's repeated like 222. Sometimes you see 567 everywhere or 224 or something. Like there's a, a, Isn't there a, a sequence. Movie around that I, too? There is. There was a movie with Jim Carrey about this. I think it was kind of a, a suspense horror flick. So yeah. a different topic than Messages from the Angels. But but I do think that what it does is if you see something over and over again, you keep saying, well, what is that about? Sure. And if you go on the internet and you do some research and you end up on Doreen Virtue's page or there's another woman named Joanne Sacred Scribe or something is her site. And she talks about the the value of these repeating numbers and and whether or not for you it's like it's like astrology, it's symbolic or it's just playful. What I think it does is it draws your mind to the present moment, gives you an opportunity to expand totally your awareness. True. There's tarot, there's the wish, there's paying attention this prayer, really. Mm. Uh, so again, whatever resonates with your inner voice, you know, is for you. It really, you know, if that's 
seeing numbers and paying attention to that or you know a certain type of, of dog breed there are days where literally i see 10 different belgian shepherds and it's one of the rarest dogs here in this entire area i only know of one or two people who have described that there are other living here but i see them in trucks i see so it's, it's just curious and then that brings my attention to my own dog so anything really that makes this world and your life more mindful and meaningful and more present i welcome but i will check that out numerology Good thing. Thank you, Sita. Our topic today is another story. It's stories my mother told me, to be precise, in our series on episodes dedicated to the brilliance and wisdom of mothers. That and more when we come back right after the break. Stay tuned. Are you a chef, have a catering business, or planning a party, or simply just love organic produce? If you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, walk right in to Earl's Organic Produce. Anyone can buy directly from us at wholesale prices. You don't have to be a natural food store to enjoy the freshest and most delicious organic produce. We are located on the San Francisco Produce Market at 2101 Gerald Avenue. We look forward to seeing you. Walk-in hours are Monday through Friday throughout the night from 10 p.m. to 10 a.m. Minimum purchase is one box or flat, cash or checks only. For more information, visit earlsorganic.com. Fry Vineyards is America's first organic winery, family-owned and operated since 1980. Dedicated to the highest levels of organic and biodynamic farming, Fry never adds synthetic sulfites or other preservatives to their wines. Fry organic and biodynamic wines include delicious Cabernet Sauvignon, Zinfandel, Syrah, Chardonnay, and Sauvignon Blanc. Fry Vineyards Mendocino County award-winning wines without added sulfites. Available at grocery stores and online at frywine.com. That's F-R-E-Y-W-I-N-E.com. And we're back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. Our topic today is one of the Mother's Day series throughout the month of May. The wisdom and infinite knowledge mothers bring to the table and to our society and culture. In this case, stories my mother told me, the story of a young woman who actually started a business around storytelling. But first, as always, here's Sitarani Palomar and a deep look into the world of health and beauty, a.k.a. Chef Sita and her holistic bite. Thank you, Helga. Well, it is heating up, undoubtedly, all over the place. And that means that we're getting more social outside. We're having picnics, we're having barbecues, we're doing things with our friends, our kids are coming home for the summer, and what are we going to do to quench our thirst? So easily it is to grab a soda, but I want to highlight some soda alternatives for these outdoor festivities or mid-afternoon drinks. One of my favorite things to do is to combine juice and sparkling water. And this isn't new. People do this all the time. I see a lot of mothers doing this with young kids. A little bit of pomegranate juice and sparkling water or cherry juice. You can do fresh juices. It's like just on the tail end of blood orange season, blood orange juice and sparkling water is delicious together. And even if you want to get a little green juice into somebody's diet, you can do like a combination of cucumber and celery with a lot of apple that will still make it very sweet and flavorful. You can also move away from the juice and sparkling water 
kind of combination. I love jasmine tea. Iced jasmine tea with cranberry juice and sparkling water makes a really floral and refreshing mid-afternoon drink. And then if you want to really get into it, you can muddle some herbs or even get some fresh and frozen fruit together, like grapefruit with ginger and mint. You could do a lemonade with some fresh basil or lemonade with frozen raspberries and pour a little sparkling water over it. You'll get a lot of refreshing flavors, a little bit of effervescence. Quench your thirst and enjoy it at the same time. And that's this week's Holistic Bite. That's summery and fresh and short and sweet. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Thank yes. you. And I know we had a segment with Earl on melons that are in season at this point, really, throughout. It's wonderful how nature, again, supplies exactly what we need at the right time, right? Temperatures are rising now throughout the country and definitely here in the San Francisco Bay Area where this show is produced and um, hitting the first maybe 90-degree days. And there it is. The melons are there to cool us. Mm-hmm. I love it. Thank you, Sita. Mothers for thousands of years have kept oral traditions alive and have passed on beautiful and critically important wisdom from generation to generation in the form of stories, stories that have been retold by mothers throughout history countless times to form the moral fabric of our society. Our topic in honor of all mothers during this Mother's Day month of May is another episode on the power and wisdom of motherhood, stories my mother told me, creating professional narrative. And in the studio with us now, we are joined by Debbie Sultan, co-founder and marketing guru of Food Guru, and Ariel Sultan, her daughter, uh, co-founder and the video master behind Food Guru. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. <laughs> We're happy to be here. We've had the opportunity to hear a bit about your story, and you tell a little bit about your story online, but the thing that I find so interesting about this business that the two of you run together, you're a mother and daughter team, and what you're doing is is bridging storytelling from the baby boomer perspective and the millennial perspective, which is such a potent and unique thing. So we've got some questions about that, but I want to start with you, Ariel, and how, how would you say your mother has influenced the course of your career? Well, um, actually, it kind of starts when I was in college. I was studying abroad in Spain. And while I was there, I was trying to find an internship between my junior and senior year. I had worked previously in L.A. in the entertainment industry and went to school in New York. And I was having a little bit of trouble finding somewhere to, to intern. And my mom actually inspired me to come home and kind of draw upon this idea I had uh, when I was in a new media class in college. And I did all these food-based, food truck stories, really short, put them on YouTube, and they got thousands of hits, and my class, like, received it very well, and she's like, how about you bring this idea to the Bay Area and profile some food businesses around here? It's a food mecca, and I have some connections to Bay Area food places where we can do some of these stories, and that was really the inkling of where the idea came from for Food Guru. Can you talk about Food Guru? What What is Food Guru at this point? Yeah, so uh, Food Guru is a marketing and video production company. We work with food and beverage businesses and kind of have the same artisan approach that uh, the businesses we work with are also generally artisan businesses from food products to restaurants and, and anything food related. 
Debbie, hearing this now, I'm sure you've heard it many times before from your own daughter, but um, for her, the experience really kicked in when when you suggested recipes and stories and, 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 and make that really a, a center of life and career path. What was the role of food and storytelling for you in your life, maybe even as a child? Well, it wasn't the most positive one. I mean, part of it is being a baby boomer. You know, to me, a special food experience when I was growing up was going to McDonald's or going to a fast food restaurant. That was like once a week. That was such a treat. And, you know, I grew up on processed food. I had sort of a mixed message growing up where I had a Russian grandfather and he introduced some of his traditional food like uh, sour milk, which now is, uh, I found out later, is kefir. Mm. And I'm here I was drinking something super healthy and loved it and didn't even know it and borscht and things like that. And then um, also he was considered a health nut back then, which was not like a positive thing to say about somebody is that they're a health nut because he would take raw carrots and put them through the juicer and make carrot juice and make oh, anything that you yeah how really. strange that is he, I guess he grew up in the wrong time but anyways um I my mother was not the greatest cook so I really had to really learn the hard way in fact my husband when I when we were dating he called me the microwave queen because if I couldn't make it in Loving, the microwave lovingly though oh yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah he was at the time the the, sh the chef now the roles have really reversed <laughs> so I would scour through cooking books and say I am just so tired of eating a baked potato in a microwave with cheese mm -hmm. on top so I eventually just over a course of years I developed a I said I, I got to be able to meet eat or make something that I would find in a restaurant. So um, over time, I just went through tons and tons of cookbooks. And luckily for me, my kids have really become very good chefs. Interesting that in the presence of the other, in this case, you know, fast food and junk food, and I remember exactly the same, going to McDonald's was a total treat once a week as a seven, eight-year-old, how we can develop in the presence of what we then completely find is not our path. As long as we are present to the experience, we can learn even from what we now would never consider anymore. It's just, it's an extreme form now that you're focused on sustainable and green and organic businesses to have that upbringing. Quite fascinating. Yes, Sita. Well, Ariel, now putting these two sides of the story together, I think, Ariel, we may have had a similar experience than when we left home from these mothers who were actually very wonderful cooks and suddenly we're responsible for cooking for ourselves and we're like, oh, Lord, <laughs> how am I going to make this happen? Because you actually, your mother used to send you like recipe binders while you were living away at school and that's how you learned to cook. It was kind of the, I guess, the, the, the recipe tradition was passed along that, that way. Yes. So um, going to school in New York, it was it was very apartment style. So um, I wanted to make some meals that I really enjoyed and I didn't know what to do. So my mom went to bookstores to look for college cooking and found it kind of difficult. So she actually made an idiot's guide to cooking, which was essentially a handmade binder with all my favorite recipes and different meals. She didn't call it idiot's guide. I think she did. No. <laughs> I think no. she did. <laughs> and so she shipped that to me and I actually held on that for to the rest of for the rest of college. I had that binder with me and people would always ask, "What is this?" and I'm like, These are all my favorite recipes, wow. and I'm trying to cook them um, while I'm in school. How was it um, when you said, you know, really started being abroad? Do you remember your, your relationship to food before all this as a, as a child? 
my mom actually by this point when I was growing up, she really did know how to cook. Uh-huh. And so I I totally enjoyed eating all the food at home and going out was also a treat, but being home was equally as great. And during college when I would come home, it was always something to look forward to. So you know, we've we talked a little bit about Food Guru, but what we haven't yet mentioned is that you have a, an additional aspect to this business, which is called Cooking Guru, where you have taken this tradition of teaching young business professionals, whether they're college students or people just in their early 20s and early 30s, how to cook deliciously, simply, with whole foods. You are continuing this tradition of teaching and telling stories. But I want to spend a little bit more time on the storytelling aspect of your business because that's really what what Food Guru is, is you are telling stories. And right now, you're capitalizing on what I would say is one of the most powerful trends in media, and that's the two-minute video. So can you tell us why focus on the two-minute video as storytellers? What is in it for the audience? Well, what we like to say is everyone has a story to tell. So what we like to do is be the story crafters and really bring that story to life. And um, if you look at a picture, that's kind of the equivalent of about a thousand words. Well, a two-minute video is equivalent of about two million words. So there's a lot of power in visual content that's really short. And uh, as my mom likes to say, we're part of the YouTube generation, so we have a very short attention span for um, digesting different types of content with with so much being thrown at us. And that two-minute format really allows for enough time to really tell a story and share it through the passion of the owner as well as their background and what is the product they're making. And so it's like a bite-sized version of the story that you're able to watch and really kind of connect to that owner and to that product. You're listening to An Organic Conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. And our guests in this hour are Ariel Sultan and Debbie Sultan, the co-founders, marketing guru, and video goddess of a Bay Area-based business that tells the story mostly of food, right? Are your clients mostly food-based? Yeah, mostly food-based. Yeah, the story of food um, through short educational videos. And as Sita was saying, it's really how to move around in the kitchen too, this entire cooking education that has kind of gotten lost. I mean, in this time and day of age, you can find food pretty much 24 hours, seven days a week, everywhere, if you're at least in the city, and not even the worst food anymore. So what what has the response been so far to, to short educational videos that you've seen? It's been very powerful. And I mean, I have kind of a funny example. Uh, one of our very first stories that we did, we call them video stories, was at a local pizza restaurant, a uh, very nice place. And it was about six months into bu- in, into its business, and we had done a video a few months after it opened. And we were sitting at a table because we would go there every week. And we see this couple, and we hear this couple talk. The, the uh, male says to the female, starts talking about the restaurant and all the details and the owner and why things are named the way they are. And she goes, how do you know all this stuff? He says, I saw the video on the website. And he mm-hmm. sounded like an expert. So it was interesting. It wasn't planned, but I wish I had a a testimonial on that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what I think is so brilliant about the combination of what you're doing is right now we do have a lot more food awareness than I think we've had in decades and decades. And particularly with this with this youthful generation that's coming up with, you know, more income and more authority and and looking for ways to live their lives and live their values. Not only do they want to know how to cook whole delicious foods for themselves and for their friends and family, but when they go out 
out and they buy food. They want to purchase with power. They want to understand the story behind the brand because transparency is really important right now when you're trying to figure out, does something have GMOs? Does the owner, you know, put dollars towards things that, that I am Absolutely. trying to fight, et cetera, et cetera. And so having both of these things, the educational how to cook, but also learn about this cheese company and what is it really like as they as they raise their animals and how are their animals treated. That's putting all of the um, the information in the hands of the consumer so they can make the best choices and go on and be kind of um, evangelists for, for these brands because they really understand them. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, something we like to say is, um, especially for businesses that are food product based, uh, their website is really their storefront. And then the story is really bringing back those old traditions of when you would walk into someone's store, know the owner and be mm. able to connect with them. So it's really modernizing that where you're able to still learn from the owner, see their passion, learn about their products in such a bite sized format and be able to trust what you're purchasing. So yes, I do agree with that. There's the educational level of what you're seeing, but the, this is the time of transparency, and people want to know, of course, how they're spending their dollars, and it's amazing what you guys have been able to put in a two-minute video that really shows the moral of the the ethics of the company, not just the practical how you make bread or how you make cheese, but what actually goes in that company's production, and do I want to support that, or do, you want to, do I want to eat that and buy that or not? Stories My Mother Told Me, Creating Professional Narrative, our topic in this hour as part of our series on mothers and their influences on their daughters and sons in this Mother's Day month of May, the wisdom of motherhood and what we can learn from it as a society. I'm Helga Helbert. And I'm Sita Rani Palomar. And we'll be right back with more. Stay tuned. Are you interested in making healthy food your profession? Bowman College is a leader in the field of holistic nutrition and culinary arts. Their professional training programs prepare individuals for successful careers as nutrition consultants and natural chefs. Study at one of four locations in California and Colorado or learn from home in a self-paced mentor distance learning program. Find out more about their classes on holistic nutrition and culinary arts at bowmancollege.org. That's B-A-U-M-A-N college.org. Produce is ever-changing, seasons coming and going. At Earl's Organic, we have been sourcing solely organic produce for over 20 years. Since 1988, Earl's Organic Produce has been establishing strong relationships with growers and developing a deep understanding of the seasons, so you can offer the most delicious organic produce to your customers, staff, and clients year-round. For organic produce, visit Earl's Organic Produce at earlsorganic.com. That's earlsorganic.com. And we are back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. And I'm Sita Rani Palomar. Mothers have for thousands of years kept oral traditions alive. And so also in this case of our guests today, Debbie Sultan and Ariel Sultan, the co-founder, marketing guru, and video goddess of Food Guru, a business dedicated to telling mostly food stories, the stories of businesses and their products here in the San Francisco Bay Area and beyond. Ariel, I want to get back to the notion of working with your mother, and I know she is here in the studio with us, so be as honest as you can. <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> but really, it must be wonderful, and it might not be easy. Or how, how is that? How is it to work with your mother on a daily basis? Um, do you work on a daily basis in the same office? And 
how does that really what what have you learned what have you found out about your mom that you didn't know before well i would say that being able to work with my mom has actually been a really fortunate situation because we do get along if anything i i think our relationship has grown a lot being in business together we understand where the other one can fill in and where to learn from the other person whether it's learning about more traditional marketing and coming in with uh, strong proposals and communicating with our clients. And then she may learn a little bit more from me about the social media and kind of the creative end of how to connect with an audience. And we kind of, uh, I think, if more than ever, are in a better relationship for it. <laughs> I have nothing beautiful. bad to say. <laughs> That's wonderful. How is it for you to, to work with your daughter? Usually daughters, you know, leave the home, go to college, and then start a life on their own, and maybe that's still in store. We had Katrina Fry from Fry Vineyards on the show a couple of weeks ago, and she's working with her daughter, Eliza, who's now one of the winemakers at Fry Vineyards, and she said there is this process of letting go. There's this, you know, clear notion as a mom that at one point every every cycle will end, and that also means giving birth to um, to, to her daughter. In this case, she will leave and start her own family, she came back to the family vineyard as well. How has that been for you? Where, when did it dawn on you that actually you'll be working with your daughter in much more, even though you might have been ready to, to send her out for her own life? Well, I was happy that Aria went to school in New York. Um, I grew up in a big city in Los Angeles, and my husband grew up in New York, and she grew up in a small community in the Bay Area. So I thought that was great life skill lessons. But, you know, we were pretty close before she went off to college and I definitely missed her and and it's just a twist of fate that she wound up back in the Bay Area. She had um, a job at a large ad, ad agency um, right before she graduated college and they had a hiring freeze and I said just come back to the Bay Area, not the known for its uh, being a film mecca, but come back and you can look for a job anywhere and we had done this uh, little trial run with Food Guru uh, back in the summer, her sort of, uh, uh, I guess it was self-induced internship. And I, at the time, was sort of winding down a business with um, a former client that I worked with. I, I wanted to get involved in the food truck scene, and this was, was kind of at the tail end of the financial crisis. And you know, I thought, oh, this is such a hot industry, and I've always been in marketing. It'd be great to be in operations. Little did I know that waking up at four in the morning was not all that much fun. It mm. was a coffee business. And so um, as a result, the, the partnership didn't work out the way I wanted to. There were definitely some trust issues. And so when we experimented around with this concept, I was really um, drawn to the fact that prior to doing all this, I had always been a lone wolf and worked on my own as a marketing consultant for quite a bit of time. And I thought, like, who can I trust more than my kids and my husband? Mm. And that's sort of, I said, I don't want to really go back to doing what I did sure. before by myself. Here is an opportunity where Ariel's back in the Bay Area. We tested the waters. Let's go full board with this and see what happens. And now that Ariel spoke, how is that for you, in all honesty? How is it to work with your daughter? It's, it's great. I, you know, it's so funny. Here I am, a baby boomer, and you think she's going to be learning all this stuff from her mom. But that's, I have to say, 
I learn probably more from her than she does with me. You know, just something about the millennial generation, like I said, the YouTube generation, where it's the sky's the limit. They can do anything. If they can't figure it out, they go to YouTube or Google and find out. My generation tends to be more reluctant. So if I have any tech questions, and I think a lot of parents my age, the first thing they do is go to, go to their kids. And sometimes my other kid is can get a little impatient with me when I ask those kinds of questions. But Ariel has, you know, been always uh, a pretty mellow, uh, together, mature soul. And so she will walk me through steps, you know, if I have a question about something. And so I've really learned a lot. And the one good thing about it is, is that we have uh, some similarities where we really, like we go on a vacation, we don't sit on a beach. It's like, how much can we pack in one day? Mm. And that's sort of how we live our lives. Mm. And we both have that essence to ourselves well you two really do complement each other really well then and and that we one of our other mother's day specials was on orchard house which is a new book that's come out and the author tara weaver was talking about as she was working with her mother in this garden she was able to understand and and contrast the differences in their own personalities and things that they didn't understand about each other growing up and she said you know my mother is the kind of person who just she gets in there and she gets it done where i'm very slow and methodical and i make a plan and i might not get as much done as she does and we we're able to understand the benefits like she gets a lot of things done and she also recognizes that sometimes she needs to do things over again because she didn't spend as much time planning and it's interesting Debbie to hear you talk about the difference between the baby boomer generation and the millennial generation and how you're learning from one another and really I think that that's a, a beautiful thing. So saying that what is the single greatest lesson Ariel that you have learned so far or observed or that you really feel wow this I did not see this coming about yourself about your mom what is the when working with a mother with your mother what's the greatest lesson in life that you so far have taken away from it that is a tough question <laughs> we ask tough, tough question. questions here on the air wow <laughs> can i can i answer that question wow, I sure think, we'll I give you we'll give you a, a moment, moment. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll get a moment yes okay well, how, how is that for you Debbie? okay well i think it's always good to sort of dial back to to the early years of childhood and one of the things I admire most about Ariel is her ability to never give up. And the best example I have is that Ariel, um, at five years old, took Taekwondo. Uh, she failed her yellow belt and her purple belt test like two or three times. And, and, I, and most kids would have given up. And I said, Ariel, it's okay if you don't want to do this anymore. She goes, no. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to be the best purple belt and the best yellow belt. And so she wound up getting her black belt. And along the way, she inspired me to try martial arts. And so being competitors that we are, I got into Taekwondo, and I got my black belt. And it was very funny. At the test, she comes up to me, and she's been out of it for a couple of years and says, Mom, you really didn't do this move right and that move right. And it's like, whoa, how did she even remember this stuff? And then I ended up uh, getting my second degree black belt. So she really inspired me. I would have never done that had I not seen it. And of course, she made it look easy. Hmm. And it wasn't. <laughs> hmm. Well, um, it takes yeah. an open mind. <laughs> it takes an open mind for you to embrace all of this wisdom from your daughter. Ariel, what wisdom okay. are you embracing from your mother? Well, I would say a, a few things because there's definitely more than one. And um, the, to start out with is the enormous amount of generosity, but also being reliable and consistent. So with us, with the family, she's always been incredibly generous and being always being there for us, um, I think, is really important. And and sense of reliability in that transferring over to business is following up and being there and showing you care 
um, because we do care. We care about everyone we work with because we ourselves, it's a part of our lifestyle, the products we use and the people we work with, we think are incredible human beings. And it's it's really a pleasure to work with them and let alone just purchase their products. So being reliable and generous and, and caring is, is the most honest form of, of uh, representing who you are. And I think I definitely attribute that to my mom. Yeah, it sounds like that's what you guys are growing. Yes, it's it's a business and yes, it's it's storytelling through video, but really what we are growing here both with with the show as well as you with your business and everyone who cares about their food and uh, food businesses that, that put so much love and, and great ingredients into it. Uh, it There's a new culture that is being born that is obvious at, at this point and undeniable where people care again, and maybe they always have, but now we have the tools in the community to actually celebrate it and display it, and you do that so well in your videos and through your company, and we try to do that on the air every week. But that's the care and community that you're talking about. It's the people you work with. It's the people we highlight here. It's really, it is there. It is, it is happening. I think the entire environmental movement that maybe started this in the 70s had, has now become to responsible businesses, to responsible cities, to responsible governance, whatever your area of governance is. So thank you for your take. Thanks for coming into the studio and sharing your story. Wonderful. Some to add. Yeah, I do actually because <laughs> the, like it. because I, I we, we <laughs> talked right at the beginning and then we touched a little bit on it in the middle, which is this unique perspective of the baby boomer and the millennial coming together and telling a story together and speaking to two what in some ways seem like differing perspectives that are really shaping the world right now. And I would love to hear from each of you. What do you think what unique thing is happening right now between these two these two generations? Well, I, I would like to start with, um, so the baby boomer and the millennial generation are, are some of the biggest groupings of people ever, ever to exist. And I think there's uh, a huge opportunity to speak to both of those generations. And um, I think that's what we bring to the table is that we're able to kind of represent that perspective of this really massive and kind of convoluted generation on both ends of the spectrum. And we're able to bridge that gap because they are kind of They are different, and um, I think that's a huge advantage that I, I feel fortunate to have. And I would say from a business perspective, I would recommend any baby boomer to go in business with a millennial. Mm. You will learn so much and vice versa. When we go into business meetings, a lot of times people are drawn to me because I'm the one that's mature. And they may be a little bit more reluctant of Ariel, of, of Ariel but Ariel brings in the openness, the innovation, the creativity, and like I said, the ability, I can do anything. And we all want a piece of that. It's, it's more like I can figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Originally, I can try to figure it out um, right. or find the resources to figure it out. That's just so true. It, it shines this light on community is the, the, the child and the elder, right? Really all of it in between. In, in old Native American tribes and in many other cultures around the world, the, the wisdom of the elder is as regarded as the spontaneity of a teenager. If you really know how to hold it and bring it all to the table, everyone has their perspective and they're all right. The child might be really concerned or the, the, the young person about the next generations because it's their life still ahead of them and the old person doesn't have the stake of gain anymore. So they look back at life and say what really matters is community and, and love and honoring the earth and honoring community. So it's interesting this balance that you guys represent is kind of 
the medicine for society, it sounds like, if we were to embrace our seniors, which we certainly don't do as a culture, or our children, which are no longer allowed to play on the, on the grass. If we did that, we would have greener cities. We would have more um, wisdom of the elders' participation in, in, dial, in, you know, in discussions. So it, you guys are representing that in a way. Interesting. <laughs> oh, thank you. And just uh, another thing to add to that is, when we first started out in business, we thought it would be a disadvantage to have a, a mother-daughter team. And when we started approaching people in the food business, we realized it is a super family-oriented business. And mm. if anything, people really enjoyed the fact that we were still a part um, of working in this family-esque food business. Great. Keep the oral traditions alive, even in video form, um, <laughs> as it has been for thousands of years from generation to generation. Stories my mother told me, creating professional narrative, our topic in this hour as part of our Mother's Day special series. And with us has been Debbie Sultan, co-founder and marketing guru of Food Guru, San Francisco-based video business that tells the whole story of products and her daughter, Ariel Sultan, co-founder and the video person behind all this. What's the best website for, for people to look you up? Absolutely. It's www.food-guru.com. And great. check out Cooking Guru on YouTube for lots of great recipes and tips. I learned so much from your recipes and tips, and we're very excited to to help spread those far and wide. Thank you. <laughs> and partner up further. Yes, thanks for coming to the studio. Pleasure to have you. Thank you. Awesome. Ah, the richness and wisdom of mother-daughter relationships, or really the the wisdom of motherhood all throughout. <laughs> Amazing. It's been a great month. I'm so happy we decided to do this. And how unique it is that we were able to find multiple mother-daughter businesses. <laughs> and angles. And yeah, right. And well, and each one had a different had a different take. I mean, having Katrina and Eliza talk so much about the way that their work informs the way that they raise their children and their relationships with their grandchildren and just how to appreciate both. And then hearing, hearing Debbie say that her best advice for anybody listening is if you're a baby boomer, work with a millennial because you will learn so much from them. I just think that each um, each duo, as in any relationship, brings its its own set of wisdom. Yes, and that was the third part of our Mother's Day special, a series of episodes throughout the month of May dedicated to mothers, mothers, and all their facets and relationships and angles and the lessons we as a society can learn from them. I'm Helge Helberg. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. And what's coming up next is what we can learn from some yummy, yummy produce. What's in season is coming up. Stay tuned. And we're back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. And we're staying with the topic of storytelling, the story of the field, of course, as always, every week, the update from what's going on in the world of produce, of yummy organic vegetables and fruit, brought to you 
every week by our friend and beloved partner, Earl Herrick. And on the phone now with us from San Francisco, walking the docks, is the voice of produce, the voice of the organic movement, Mr. Earl Herrick himself. Earl, are you with us? Hello, Helga. Hi, Sita. <laughs> hey there. Hi, hey. sir. Yes, walking the docks and... What a great time of year to be doing it. Oh, sure. it's getting hot. I mean, we, you know, this show is produced out of a studio, KSVY, in Sonoma County, and we're definitely hitting the mid 90 degree, 100 degree days. That's hard to produce a show in that climate, but it's wonderful to for produce <laughs> to produce produce. <laughs> I guess this is not a tweener time. This is it. Yes. What is happening in the produce dock? Yes, it is it to a degree. Um, you know, we're going to, it would probably more be closer to July and August, but what we are getting is almost every item that is on, you're going to find in the produce department is going to be grown relatively locally, whether you're in the East Coast, uh, you know, maybe not up in uh, Seattle or, or North Dakota, but in California, everything is coming out of California other than tomatoes right now. Tomatoes are still, uh, uh, Sending product from Mexico, uh -huh. the, the quality is, is fine, but everything else, think uh, fresh onions, corn, uh, zucchini, uh, asparagus is still available through June. So all those products, of course, all your greens uh, and, and all your summer vegetables, so we think uh, bell peppers and eggplant, that's coming out of the desert. So we're really gifted in so much as we have still two growing areas within uh, California with the desert, which is going to get to be that early crop, and then all the local stuff, think up the coast and in the major valley. And is it a particularly early season? It, it feels every yep. year it's a little earlier, but this year, <laughs> maybe because of the drought and the temperatures already, um, and it never really got, you know, a snowpack or, or mm -hmm. freezing temperatures for months now almost, um, at least in, in most parts of California, uh, the state yep. that is so important for, for food production. How, how is this season shaping up, and is it unusually early? It is early. It would, I, one perspective would be that it's earlier than last year, and last year was earlier than the year before. It's very interesting how they're, it's mm -hmm. really kind of jumbled all together. Uh -huh. Yes, what that means, uh, much of that is, is, is almost entirely temperature-related. Uh, there's not as much freezing temperatures in the, in the winter. Of course, our, our drought is, is being extended, so those two conditions of heat and lack of rain are, can, are producing the early crop. So, you know, for fresh onions, for example, about a week to 10 days early. And these onions in particular, fresh meaning there's, Generally speaking, you grow two kinds of uh, onions. One fresh, you can pick right away and use. They're very sweet. They're also very uh, uncured, meaning that you want to use it within a week or two. And then what's grown later in the season, that those are storage onions that you can keep all winter. So really great time to enjoy onions, cutting up fresh in salads, uh, putting them on uh, sandwiches, Very sweet, very good. And what other fresh, delicious produce items are out there that you would have in this salad with your onions? Are we getting corn right now? We Domestic are getting corn. corn. It's from uh, the Bakersfield area, so that translates 
into the southern part. It's not the desert, but it's one step above that. There's another step after that, which is further north up into the Stockton. So, yeah, fresh corn, definitely in salads. What I like to do is slice zucchini real thin, kind of like cucumbers, or you can julienne them, right? Mm-hmm. And put uh, zucchini. Now, again, zucchini you're going to find all year long almost. And so I don't need to spend too much time on that, but it is California right now, and you're getting some really fresh, beautiful uh, product. And, of course, July, August, September, particularly August, September, is, is really the, the peak month. But yeah. now the breadth, especially when it comes to fruit, right? We talked about stone fruit last week, but mm-hmm. what other fruit are we seeing that is, is now really in, in great abundance and quality there, finally, the sweetness, everything you're looking for? Mm-hmm. Well, about a month ago, we spoke about melons, and that mm-hmm. was Mexican yes. melons. Mm-hmm. Right now, you're going to start. You're going to start seeing the California desert melon, and that'll be uh, the honeydews, the musk melons, the netted melons, the cantaloupe, uh, the galea. Of course, watermelon. We've had some really, really nice uh, crop stuff on, on on the on the watermelons, and that comes off of a very good Mexican crop that we had, you know, the last couple weeks. So. Good transition from good Mexican melons into good early California melons, and and I think you can you can buy with confidence. You melons are very difficult, but uh, there should be some cut there. Look for good color. If you can smell them, oh yeah, that's time to make sure you grab one. So we've got melons, zucchini, corn, onions. Anything else that you're just so happy is finally here, and the flavor and the price is really good. Yeah, well, we can get into fruit, but, I, you know, we've been talking about that quite a bit, but I'll continue to talk about the stone fruit continuing to emerge. May is really just the beginning of it. We're only into it three weeks or so. That's going to continue to just blossom out all the different varieties and colors. Berries are very big right now. We're gonna, we, we, you know, we talked about that uh, very recently, too, but blueberries, blackberries, strawberries, uh, wonderful crop, but, again, I will... I don't want to belabor that too much. There's so much going on right now, and we're also on the verge of even more. Um, it, I mean, to walk the dock this time of year, because so, so much in, in the winter, you're walking the docks, it's the same, same old. A lot of citrus, lots of apples coming out of storage, some, a lot of Mexican product. So now you see this fresh stuff coming out of uh, the local areas. You see very familiar cartons mm. with uh, Bakersfield on it and Watsonville and uh, Orange County, and it's very comforting. Mm, I have to, yeah, <laughs> so and fun. I have to say, you know, the, I'm so happy to see the berry prices go down because really early in the spring, it's like $6 or 9 yep. or $10 for your, your pints <laughs> and half pints of blueberries and strawberries. And the flavor is great, but it's just not, you know, you can eat a whole box at a sitting because it's so good, but it's so expensive. Now that the prices are coming down, yeah. you can enjoy it in greater abundance. All of that wonderful sweet flavor. Yeah, you can really see... Uh, fruit prices, they really take a, they go into a uh, free fall, is like we, what we like mm-hmm. to talk about it. Because in the off season, the supply is so tight, the demand is so high, the prices are very. 
strong, and as soon as the supply hits, you can you pay in about half of what you've been doing before. So yeah, this is a this is a great time to be enjoying berries. Any quick storage tip? I know you, we always say if it comes out of a contained environment, out of storage, for example, still apples, right? They are mm -hmm. being shipped at least. They might not come from a domestic U.S.-based storage yes. facility anymore, but at least they're shipped from uh, a place that has fall right now, the southern hemisphere. Yep. Um, no local domestic apples quite yet, although early varieties right. might come in July, August as yep. well. Uh, yep. How do you store the produce you are seeing right now with the exception yeah. of apples? Does it matter? Would you still put it in the fridge? or? Yeah, I, I do. When in doubt, put things in the refrigerator. But I want to go back to something I spoke of about a couple minutes ago, and that's onions, because that's, that can be unknown for a lot of people. An onion normally goes in a root cellar, just a cool, dry area. But this time of year, it, a refrigerator is not too bad because it is new crop. It is the variety grown specifically to be used right away. So that means in a week or two, whereas you're used to keeping hold of onions for almost indefinite period of time. So now put them in the refrigerator and in the warmer section, maybe put them in a crisper with lots of other. You know, one, one thing I want to point out, use your, by using your crisper effectively means filling it up. It should be about two-thirds full. That's, really? when it, that's when it's most effective, keeping the temperature and the humidity very low. Temperature not as low, but humidity low. So refrigerate those onions or use them within, within a week or two. And, um, you know, people that really like onions, they even eat them like apples. Yeah, sure. It's sweet right. onions as they're coming out, I hear you. And, and if you're sandwich eaters, this is a time, a nice red onion sliced really thin. Mm. Yeah, or, or caramelized. I, I love caramelized onions. It's almost, yeah. I mean, there's so much sugar in it that if you l use a little bit of olive oil and maybe a tiny tad of good vinegar, mm. um, balsamic vinegar, and you, you really slow heat, you know, you, you caramelize them for 10 minutes. Oh, it's like a, a meal in itself. It the flavor of an minutes. onion, or yeah, maybe 15 minutes. <laughs> I can, I can do well, it in what, 10. Yeah, they're longer than you think, and what a transformation yes. uh, they undergo. Yeah, from a vegetable to candy, right? I mean, it's all <laughs> sugar. It's just so amazing. Yeah, Onions are underrated. Wonderful. Thank you, Earl. That was an upbeat story from yeah, the excited. produce doc, and the, the heat and the power of fresh vegetables definitely have translated to your excitement. That's great to hear. We're excited to come by and shop for ourselves. Outstanding. Um, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks Errol. Bye. Bye. See ya. Bye. Oh, wonderful. And that's actually, if you are in the San Francisco Bay Area, that is an option. You can go to Earl's Organic and actually go to the uh, outlet itself and get produce as yeah. a flat or a box or a carton. Between, between 10 p.m. and 10 a.m. when it's happening. And I tell you, the yep. fruit is so It's wholesale good. prices for the anyone. The flavor is amazing. You don't have amazing. to have a license or something. You don't need to be a chef. But if you have a party and you want to have larger quantities of something for half off, that's the best freshest produce earth's organic shout out for that wow the story of the land the story of produce, the story of food i of mean this whole season. hour has been about the story of food and it was really fun to have have debbie and ariel here and talk about how they're making that story of food happen for so many people the people who have stories to tell the people who want to hear the stories so they can make better decisions and i think they do a really beautiful job on their work i i learn a lot both from food guru and cooking guru well our intention was to have a may month dedicated to Mother's Day, dedicated to mothers, and 
really the essence of all of the three episodes we did in the last three weeks, including today, for me, has been Mother Earth. They all have come back to the wisdom in nature and the connection between the mothers we had on the air or on the show and the, the great mother is almost indistinguishable for me. It's really that what we need to do as mothers, as birth mothers of children, me as a man speaking um, out of my feminine side too, is also true for the great mother. It's true for the earth. It's just amazing. It has turned into an environmental show. <laughs> well, I think, that, I think that the great mother, Mother Nature, models for us how to be sure. good mothers, good stewards, and it's where we learn it first. Yes. Wonderful. And that rounds up this hour of an organic conversation, of course. Um, you can follow us on Facebook forward slash an organic conversation for lots of recipes and tips and photos and inspiring stories and more on these shows uh, or an organic conversation dot com. I'm Helga Hilbert. And I'm Sita Rani Palomar. And we'll be back with another episode soon. An Organic Conversation is a proud production of the Organic Media Network. Associate producer, Kristen Ponger. This show would not be possible without the ongoing support from our listeners. Whether it's a dollar a month or a one-time donation, please consider becoming a patron of An Organic Conversation. For more information on how to support this program, please visit patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash an organic conversation thank you for your contribution an organic conversation is made possible through listeners like you and the fantastic support of our underwriters earl's organic produce a national distributor providing certified organic fruits and vegetables for your store home or business since 1988 the website is earlsorganic.com and also fry vineyards america's first certified organic winery producing organic and certified biodynamic wine. For more information, frywine.com. That's F-R-E-Y-W-I-N-E.com. Thank you as well to Bowman College, focused on holistic nutrition and culinary arts for over 20 years. Bowman College offers professional training programs that prepare individuals for careers as nutrition consultants and natural chefs. Their website is bowmancollege.org. That's B-A-U-M-A-N college.org. If you missed parts of this show or for any other episode, go to iTunes or anorganicconversation.com. And for more information, health tips, recipes, and your daily dose of inspiration, please follow us on facebook.com forward slash an organic conversation. We are your hosts, Helga Helberg and Sitarani Palomar. And we'll be back right here, same place, same time, next week. See you then. Bye.